morning, Village Church. Good morning, Village Church. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing in, glad in it. Amen. Giving honor to the Lord as my Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, to the ministers on the roster, Pastor Alex Shippen, who's our pastor, to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd like to take this time to welcome you to the Village Church, and these are your announcements. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. We are now using Linktree. This allows us to, uh, to connect to all online information about our church. The giving of tithes and offering along with our social media platform, all in one place. When you scan the QR code with your phone camera, you get a, a short link. When clicked, navigate to the web page with a list of every link that you would need concerning our church. If you are a guest today, welcome, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code and click the link provided for at TVCHSV, then click on the menu item for first-time guests. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of offering, of tithes and offering, is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and the mission of the church by scanning the QR link tree code and using the menu item entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our page. Or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Or after service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, please join us after, uh, join us after service for baptisms, yes, baptisms, of, of new members followed by a reception to meet all who join TVC. Amen. That's a clap. That is a clap. Thank, thank you. Amen. <laughs> August the seventh, Teague Village Group meets on August seventh, and August the tenth, music practice at five thirty p.m. at church. Corporate prayer at seven at at church. But we still are using Zoom also as well. Thank you, Emma. But I want to say again, corporate prayer at seven p.m. at the church. But we also use Zoom, Zoom as well. August the 14th, SEC begins after, after the church work, church service. Sunday equipment classes consist of first steps, village kids, youth, and adult sermon set discussions. August the 16th, women fellowship and Bible study at 5.30 p.m. in the church house. August the 20th, youth church work day at Lincoln Village Ministries, 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. These are our announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly.
give him glory, give him honor, to know him, to glorify him, and to enjoy him. That's what we are here for. Well, now that I've said all that, and we've done all that, our call to worship this morning is from Isaiah 51, verse, uh, verses 12 and 15. You'll find this on the screen as well as in your worship guide. Please join with me where it says people I I am he who comforts you who are you that you are afraid of what afraid of man who dies of the son of man who is made like grass and have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen.
praise the Lord, saints. Oh, we can do better than that. Praise the Lord, saints. Oh, much better. I'm excited and sad today for one perfect reason. Uh, I have a good friend who's been serving our church as an elder, and I would be amiss if I let him leave here without sharing, sharing about his appreciation, the joy he's brought to the elder room, uh, his perspective as he calibrates me in the meetings. Um, with love, of course. Um, I want to say his insight, his intuitiveness has been a delight. Uh, his presence, his joy, the way he speaks, the way he communicates, he softens the room. He knows how to calibrate a room without even saying much word. His continence um, is impeccable. But I want us to take the time just to really stand and give him a, a clap of praise just for the work he has done for the Lord since he's been here. It's been a short period, but he's made his time more valuable than ever. So I want to say thank you to Elder Bradford for your time, the space that you have allowed me to be in with you. And I, I want to just bless you with a prayer, if that's okay. Father God, thank you so much for the grace that you've given your people. Thank you for you being you. Lord, you do all things well. Not some things, all things. You're perfect. You're magnificent. So Lord, I know that your hand of grace extends boundaries that no man can touch. So I pray that you, as, as, brother, as Brother Elder leaves, Lord, Brother Elder Bradford leaves, Lord, that you'll protect him, that you'll be his guide, that you'll be his strength. And Lord, you'll make his way straight. Lord, I pray that you continue to be patient with him as he figures things out. But, Lord, I pray that he knows that you are for him. Your words say, if you be for him, who can be against? Lord, I pray to Lord God that he will find favor wherever he goes. And people that he touched, that see his joy, that see his delight in you, that he uphold the blood-stained banner, which is most important. Lord, I pray to Lord God that, um, that he'll find friends, friends that love you more than, than anything, Lord. I pray that he will find a church that he can plant and let his light shine there as well. I pray, Lord God, that his spirit will be enriched by the people that, because he sees your hands in it. Lord, I pray that he would not waver in his faith. Lord God, there are many things that are roaming out there, Lord. But Lord, I pray that you will protect him, Lord God, and put a hedge of protection around about him. Lord, I pray for his new job. May he find favor with his new boss. May he find favor with the people in the community that he'll be serving. Lord, I thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that you've given us to have, Brother Bradford. And all these blessings we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, saints. My name is uh, Alex Shipman. I'm the senior pastor here at the Village Church. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, for our corporate worship. And I also would miss Brother Dennis. Thank you so much for your presence and your leadership. And I pray blessings over you and Natasha and y'all's relationship. Let us go to the Lord now in a prayer of praise. Praise you, Jesus, that you are Emmanuel. Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't believe it, even when we can't sense it, I praise you that your character is not dependent upon our belief, but you're going to remain faithful regardless of the unbelief of your people, the unbelief of your church. You will not deny yourself. I praise you that you show up for us in unexpected ways. I praise you that you do not treat us as our sin deserves. 
treat us as beloveds. Beloved sons, beloved daughters. I praise you that you um, left the riches of heaven and became poor for our sake so that we might become rich. I thank you that you lived the life that we could not live and you suffered and died a death that was meant for us all. Thank you that the, the grave could not hold you down, the enemy could not hold you down, that you you died one day and in three days you rose again in power. Thank you, Jesus. That even right now as we are here in, in this sanctuary, the word tells us that you still intercede on, on our behalf. You are such a good savior, a good friend. Thank you for the ways in which you bring people in and out of our life. I thank you for the times in which you tell us no. I thank you for the times even when you discipline us in love. Peter says, where can we go? You have the words of life. Lord Jesus, you do. I praise you that we would never graduate from your grace. We would never get to a place on this side of heaven where we need less of you. Thank you that when you said it is finished, it is finished. I praise you that there's nothing that we can do to add to your finished work. There's nothing that we can do to, to earn more of your favor, to more earn more of the Father's love and acceptance. We, we have it all. Our cup does overflow it. when you ascended into glory you did not leave us alone you said when I go you would send the helper and he came and asked him and you live in us through him oh Lord Jesus you're more beautiful than we can even imagine more worthy than we can even imagine and I also want to praise you for the fact that you don't just love us you like us you like being around us. You like communing with us, fellowshipping with us. Where else can we go, Lord? For you are the one who has the words of life. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. We're now going to have a confession of faith. It should, it's inside your worship guide, and it also should be on the screen up front. It's from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 30. I'll read the question, and y'all please respond with the answer. How does the Holy Spirit apply to us the redemption Christ bought? Amen. We're now going to have a time where we welcome new members into our uh, family. We're going to begin with all the adults who will be joining the church today, and then we will welcome all the youth who will be joining as well. So if you are joining the church today, I would like to welcome you up front, all the adults. Yep, y'all can clap. Yep. 
Y'all can stand right over here so, you, so the camera can see you, so you can't really move too far. <laughs> Good morning, morning. So each of these saints have been through our new Inner the Village class, and each of them have been interviewed by uh, an elder and a woman shepherd. And today they're going to receive the membership vows. And so after each question, you can respond by saying, uh, I do. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope, save in his sovereign mercy? Did you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of sinners? And did you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as become the followers of Christ? Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? Welcome to, the, welcome to TVC, saints. Thank you. Y'all may be seated. After the kids join, we will have one prayer uh, for everyone joining them as uh, Elder, De- De- Elder Dennis to come forward to, to do that prayer. Now it's time for the kiddos. Nolan Gooden, Caroline Powell, Ryan Teague, Ian Teague, and Reagan Teague. Can y'all please come forward? I'm going to ask you all the same vows that y'all went over in the end of the village class for students. And so you can please answer each one with a yes. Do you agree that your sin does not please God and and that without Jesus you have no hope? Do you know, love, and believe in Jesus and do you depend upon him alone to save you from your sins? Will you receive Jesus, will you serve Jesus in the worship and work of his church to the best of your ability? Will you obey your leaders and submit to them as they obey and submit to Jesus? Welcome to TBC, Saints. for the service, I encourage you to please welcome our new members and our young saints into uh, our TVC family. And after the service, uh, all five of those young saints will be baptized. And so I please, I encourage all guests and members who, who, who want to to stick around for that. And so after the benediction, we'll have a short recess because I got to go change clothes. And so I'm not getting in the baptismal and my dress clothes. So I'll ask Elder Goodson. Goodson. Elder Bradford to come forward to pray for these new members. Good morning, beloved family. Please join me in a word of prayer as I get on to <laughs> Father. We thank you for every family that just stood before us, for the adults and for the young people. 
We pray that you guide them by your spirit, that you mature them over their lifetime. And, Lord, that you use them to add to your kingdom, to share your love with the broken and lost world, to be a blessing to this community here in Lincoln Lincoln Village and to the greater Huntsville uh, area. Lord, to uh, find their place of service here in in the Village Church and to be a blessing in their families and in their neighborhoods and at work. We thank you for each of them, and we bless you uh, for the work that we know you will do in their lives. Lord, additionally, we pray on behalf of our brother, Elder uh, Larry Bricker. We pray for uh, he and Mary Lou, their children and grandchildren. Father, we pray that you uh, guide the hands of the medical team. You give them, we know that they're competent, but Lord, you are sovereign. And so we ask that you give them insight and wisdom uh, in treating Larry. Lord, we we ask for blessings on the lives of the community members outside of our sanctuary. That you draw many to faith in Christ and that you bless them. Whether you draw them to a local church here at the Village Church or somewhere else, Lord, we just simply ask that you bring many to eternal life. And Lord, we pray on behalf of uh, MTW missionary Lauren Stovall uh, and her fiancé who is serving in the Ukrainian army, Vanya. Uh, Lord, they have proposed an elaborate prayer before you that they can marry later this month and have a few weeks together as husband and wife before he is transferred to another place in Ukraine. But Lord, again, you are sovereign. You can do all things. And so we trust in you to bless this young couple, their godly desire, and their desire to have a family. We bless you. We thank you. Amen. If you would now uh, join me in uh, our scripture reading, which is found in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Uh, If you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Beginning in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down and at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior, much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than ours. Amen. This is the word of God. Amen.
here at the village and on zoom we're going to be having our corporate prayer and our topic this month is purity culture join me as we pray over healing over the shameful views over our bodies and our relationships from improper teaching and stigma purity culture has inadvertently caused that we may pray to truly understand purity for its real meaning and begin to take steps forward to learn and understand purity is not our doing but the spirit's work in us let's pray We come before you, Lord, humbled and grateful that we can speak freely to you. That you are a Lord that we can bring our pain to, bring our mess to, and you do not shy away from it. Pray, Lord, that you will be with us as we hear the word that's about to be preached and that you'll have the Spirit work in us, that we may understand you better and understand your purpose for us better. Pray, Lord, that I thank you, Lord, that you are in the mess with us and with such topics that are difficult for us to comprehend, that you comprehend it and you want to heal us and you want to be there for us. And just thank you for being the personal God that you are and not just an idea that's far away from us, but you are working in our lives and you're healing us. today, so hopefully I won't be sweating, so we'll see how it works out. (laughs) So if you have your Bible, please open it to Hebrews Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We will be hopping around different passages, uh, but we will be focusing some on Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. One late Christian theologian says, whenever there is a departure from divine thoughts, whenever there is a loss of the original revelation of God, whenever the heavenliness and the spirituality and the divine power of which is of God ceases to operate in the midst of his people, and whenever the glory departs, the Lord's reaction to such things is to bring his son anew into view. The Lord's reaction to such a state of things is to bring his son anew into view. That's what this sermon series here is going to be focusing on that we're going to start with today, to bring Jesus anew into view through the mission and vision of the village church. And I've titled this sermon series, Come Join the Mission and Vision. And this series is an invitation to be part of our blended church family. Because that's what we're building here, is a blended family. It's an exhortation to be fully present. It's a challenge to do life together. It's a duty to take ownership 
and it's an opportunity to be a blessing to others, and it's a ministry that points y'all to Jesus Christ. So come join the mission and vision. And if you haven't already, please open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And the title of this particular message is Village Church 2.0. Village Church 2.0. And the main point of this sermon is Village Church 2.0 is an invitation to discipleship. It's an invitation to discipleship. And please make note of that main point. Village Church 2.0 is an invitation to discipleship. Please pray with it for me. Holy Spirit, as I often pray, I will continue to pray that you would take the preached word and, and apply it to my heart and to my mind and also apply it to the hearts and minds of, of everyone who is here and those who may be tuning in online. And we pray that you will move because if you do not move, hearts are not changed. People do not come into the kingdom apart from you. People are not convicted of sin apart from you. So, Holy Spirit, you have a vital, vital role here in the life of our church. So will you please move for our good and for the glory of our triune God. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Village Church 2.0 is an invitation to discipleship. But here's the question. Do y'all know the meaning of discipleship? Do you know the definition of a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows the teachings and life and, and aims of another. As a believer, if you have a faith in Jesus Christ, then, then, then Christ is that another. He's the one that you should follow. You see, Village Church 2.0 is actually an invitation for y'all to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. One Christian missionary says, it has been said that a student learn, learns what his teacher knows, but a disciple becomes what his master is. One great writer on discipleship put it this, this way. Discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. So who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Village Church 2.0 seeks to present y'all to the real, authentic Jesus. Not a Plato Jesus. I know I use that a lot. Not a Jesus created in your own image. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. That's referring to the Old Testament saints. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he, this is Jesus, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become much superior to the angels, as the name that he has inherited is much excellent than theirs. Who is this Jesus? Who is the real, authentic Jesus? He is God. So we can't reduce Jesus so far down to our level that we, that, we lose rate, that we lose worship of him and reverence for him. Because he's like us and he's also other than us. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 2, 
verse 17 shows us how he's like. He said, therefore, God had to make him like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God to make purification for the sins of people. The real authentic Jesus is both divine and human. Is that your Jesus? Or the Jesus you believe in is one that you control? The one that you mold and shape? The real Jesus is the God-man. And he doesn't just care about your spiritual life. He also cares about your physical life. Is that the Jesus you worship? Does the Jesus you worship only care about getting you saved and going to heaven? Or does he actually care about what you're going through right now? He cares about your soul. He cares about your body. He cares about your mental health. He cares about you holistically. Is that your Jesus? The real, authentic Jesus is is bringing about cosmic redemption. I hope you realize that redemption is not just about getting us all saved. Redemption is Jesus making all things new. And that's the everything new. We cannot reduce him down to just us making confessions of faith, which is important, but redemption is bigger than that. It's him making everything new. He reconciles you to God and to other people. And the real, authentic Jesus also cares about justice. But do you believe that? The real authentic Jesus is the answer that our lost world needs. He's the answer to what divided people need, to what a divided nation needs. He's the answer to our pain and to our sorrows and to our suffering. As as the author says in the last days, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Another theologian says God's answer is always his son to every movement, to to whether that movement be in the world or whether it be in the church. Everything for God and for us is bound up with a heart revelation of the Lord Jesus. Period. It's not Jesus plus. Not Jesus plus your country. Not Jesus plus your rights. Or Jesus plus your stuff. Or Jesus plus your education is Jesus. It's bound up in him. Because if God ceases to bless, then you cease to exist. Patient says earlier, we were created to worship. So you are worshiping beings. None of us are self-sufficient. The only being that's self-sufficient is God. You're dependent upon things for your existence. So who's your Savior? Who's saving you? Who's redeeming you? God's answer is always his son, nothing else. Come join the mission and vision is bound up with a heart revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is God's answer to what we all need. So this means you're going to get Jesus every Sunday. You're going to get to the point here is like Alex preaches the same message every week. Because I ain't the Savior. I can come in here and give you a motivational speech every week. But that ain't Jesus. He's the answer. Today, tomorrow, years to come. From your first cry to your last breath, it will always be Jesus. 
is Jesus in the beginning of life, the middle of your life, and the end of your life is Jesus. He's the status report that you're going to submit to God. Because if you're going to submit to God, your status report failed. Not good enough. Jesus' report is the only report that matters. That's his life. That's his death. That's his resurrection. That's his ascension. That's his intercession. His. You gonna have, there's no room for yours. It's his finished work. He's the center. The heir of all things. Creator of the world. Radiance of God's glory. The impr- is that imprint of God's nature. He's Lord and Savior. He's King and Redeemer. The upholder of the universe. Atoner of our sins. And he rightly sits at God's right hand at this very moment, making intercession for you. So for him and through him and to him are all things that include the mission and vision of this church. It includes that. Jesus invites y'all to join him. He invites each of you to discipleship. Will you come? Will you come? Remember, discipleship is an invitation to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to grow in following him, to grow in becoming more like him in his humanity. You ain't going to become like him in his divinity, okay? So let's get that straight. You're not going to become a god. All this happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Village Church 2.0, it doesn't just invite you to become a disciple. It also explains what a disciple looks like at our church. What do y'all think a disciple looks like at TVC? The short answer is a disciple looks like our mission and vision. Our mission and vision. The mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, to glorify Jesus. Ain't nothing sexy about that. We're not going to have any articles written about how cool that is. That's the mission. The vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Why is that the vision, Pastor? Because we all got issues. And if you forget that, that's a whip. That's an issue. Disciples at TVC know, enjoy, and glorify Jesus. There are also broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. So the question is, are you such a disciple? And before you answer that, we need to do a little bit of, we need to dive a little deeper into the mission of this church. First, a disciple looks like the mission. A TVC disciple knows Jesus. To know Jesus means to have saving faith in him alone as redeemer and savior and saving faith is it's not you knowing bible stories about jesus now that's important but that's not what saving faith is it's trust it's belief because you can go to church all your life and learn all the stories and not have faith in jesus you can grow up in the church your parents can have family devotionals You can give all the Sunday school answers, but your heart can be far from him because you have not submitted it to him. Saving faith is you giving him your heart. Saving faith means to to submit and to surrender your whole life to Jesus Christ. 
And that's first and foremost. And please don't treat my talking about saving faith as a redundancy. Because like I said, it, it can never be preached too much. Definitely in the Bible Belt, where everybody's a Christian. When I'm outside the South, I tell people I have to unconvert people here. <laughs> because everybody's saved. Everybody's Christian. But they're not. They're just part of our culture here. Remember the quote from earlier, God's answer is always in his son to every movement, whether that movement be in the world or whether it be in the church. Everything for God and for us is bound up with a heart revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's always the son. Westminster Shorter Catechism, question, eight asks, question 86 asks, what is faith in Jesus Christ? What is faith? The answer is this. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace by which we receive and rest on him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. And that last part is important, as he is offered to us in the gospel. So how is he offered to you in the gospel? Is he offered as just one solution for your sin problem? Is he offered as just one of many ways to the Father? How is he offered to you? Jesus is offered in the gospel as God's only solution for sin. There is no other plan. There is no other plan. God's only plan for reconciling sinful people to himself is Jesus. God's only way to, to bring cosmic redemption is Jesus. God's only way to, to begin to heal your broken relationships is Jesus. It's Jesus. And Jesus does this by freely laying down his life for you at Calvary. They didn't take his life from him. So I hope you realize that any moment he could have got down from that cross. At any moment, he could have stopped them from beating him. At any moment, he could have said, hey, I'm done with this. He had that power as he was dying. You need to know that. He gave his life up for you. They didn't take it. There's a difference. He was not a victim. He died in your place. So that you would not have to. How good a savior is that? And he did that while you were God's enemy. Woo! That should just blow your mind. You mean when I didn't love God, he did it? Yeah. When I didn't like God, he did it? Yes. He dies for enemies. And his blood transforms enemies into friends. Sinners into saints, orphans into beloved children. That's what Jesus does. Through saving faith in Him, you can be fully forgiven for all your sins, past, present, and future. Think about that. The sins you haven't already committed yet, He died for. Who else's blood is that great? Who else's sacrifice is that good? Like, the things I haven't even did yet has already been forgiven? Yes. 
Now, if you take that as a license to sin, you really don't understand grace. Through saving faith in Jesus, you will be at peace with God. Through saving faith in Jesus, you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Through saving faith for Jesus, you are brought into a family, a community. Guess what? You are not the only child here. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There's going to be people in heaven. You didn't think would be there. That's what it means. There's going to be some not there that you thought would be there. Through saving faith in Jesus, you get to be the salt and light of the world in his name. To receive those blessings, what do you have to do? Do what Romans 10 says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's not rocket science. I'm not here to be a Pharisee to put hurdles in front of you. If you want to come, come. We're going to have baptism after the service. You can confess Jesus now and I'll baptize you in it later. A TVC disciple first knows Jesus through saving faith. Do you know him? Do you know him? See if I lost my place here. All right. I want each of you to think about the people that come in and out of your life. And as you think about them, what category will you place these people into? You got some people in mind? You see, the people that come in and out of your life can fall into five categories. Now, I didn't come up with these categories. I read about them this week on, in an article. So I want you to listen closely to the five. The first category is stranger. It says, I know of you. The second category is acquaintance. It says, I know you. The third category is casual friend. It says, I like you. The fourth category is close friend. It says, I understand you. The fifth category is intimate friend. And it says, I connect with you. Which category does Jesus functionally fit into in your life? Notice I didn't say confessional, because confessionally you all say category five. I'm talking about functionally. How you live your life and the places where you live, which category is Jesus? For a lot of us, stranger. Maybe an acquaintance. Well, do we really, really live as Jesus is an intimate friend? In the mundane and everyday reality of your life, what category Jesus fits into? For a TVC disciple, the category should be category five. First, a TVC disciple knows Jesus, and second, a TVC disciple enjoys Jesus. Growing up in church, have you ever been taught a, taught a lesson about what it means to enjoy Jesus? Or was it you just need to get saved? Just get saved. Just get them saved. But what's next? I, 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 I'm in the boat, but what's, what's, what else is there? Enjoy Jesus as, as a category five. Enjoy him as an intimate friend. 
please understand that Jesus is not some abstract ideal. He's not a theological term. He's not a book. He's not an inanimate object. He's not a tool that you can use and abuse. Jesus Christ is a real person. A person who knows you, likes you, understands you, connects with you, and a person who gets you, a person who sees you, and understands all your quirkiness, and he still likes you. And he empathizes with you, and he listens to you. That's a person. Jesus is a person who laughs with you. Have you ever thought about Jesus that way? That he can laugh with me. He cries with me. He holds me accountable. A person who, who tells me the truth about myself. A person who enjoys you. A person who calls you friend. In 1 John 15, 15, Jesus says to the disciples, including you, no longer do I call you servants. For servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you One wise person says, uh, uh, friends are people who make our lives better just by being in it. That's a friend. And one African proverb says, he who loves you, loves you with your dirt. Jesus does both. He makes your life better just by being in it, and he loves you with your dirt. That's That's Jesus. But do you believe it? Please understand that your experience with, with Jesus is more than transactional, okay? It's not, it's not transactional. Your experience with him should be relational, where you can enjoy him. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. A TBC disciple who enjoys Jesus delights in him. Honestly, do you delight in Jesus? We all have things we delight in. In a few weeks, Georgia football is going to be kicking off, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of delight. <laughs> so you know what delight is. And that's what, that same feeling you get about whatever it is you're delighting in, you should have that for Christ. And not just adults, kids, you have your delights. And whatever it is you delight in, you can have that same thing for Christ. He has it for you. You can have it for him. You don't have to wait until you die and go to heaven to enjoy Jesus. That's a miserable Christian life. You can enjoy him at this moment, at this time. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. A disciple who enjoys Jesus thirsts for him. Do you thirst for him? Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. A disciple who enjoys Jesus learns to rest in Jesus. Do you know what it means to rest in him? In his finished work, in his grace, in his mercy, in his care. You don't have to earn any of these things. You already have them. You just need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you open your eyes so you can see Psalm 16 says, Bless the Lord, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night, I all, my heart also instructs me. I set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. A disciple who enjoys Jesus sets Jesus before him or her always. This means 
a TVC disciple who enjoys Jesus has an intimate and personal relationship with him. That's what it means to enjoy him. A disciple of Jesus Christ gets the privilege of doing life with him daily. This looks like you're spending time with him through prayer, fasting, personal worship, Bible reading, meditation, practicing stillness. Who have, have you ever practiced stillness before God in prayer? You, say, you don't say nothing, you're just being still. That's connectional. That's communion. And also partaking of the Lord's Supper. Those are some ways in which you can enjoy Jesus. I, 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 I was in campus outreach in, um, in college. And in campus outreach, you know, we learned how to do our quiet times and, and all this. And it, it became so mechanical, a checklist. But when I got older and I started learning to live more about grace, my, when I realized my quiet time was my fellowship time, it changed my whole view of reading scripture. This is when I get to commune, crawl up in my father's lap, and spend time with him is when I'm reading the word. When you approach scripture that way as a Christian, it won't become a job or a chore. It's quality time. Not quiet time, quality time with your dad, your Abba father. Do you know him? Do you know him? A TV disciple, a TVC disciple first knows Jesus through saving faith. Secondly, a TVC disciple enjoys Jesus through an intimate and personal relationship. So do you know him and do you enjoy him? Do you know him and do you enjoy him? Who likes to play the game of Monopoly? Raise your hand. The game that leads to tears. The game that may end friendships. A game that leads to many framing arguments. It's a game where prayers move around a game board, buying and trading properties, developing those properties with houses and hotels. And the, and the goal of the game is to drive all the other players into bankruptcy. That's the whole game goal. And so I want you to think about your life as a Monopoly game board. Each square represents areas of your life, your career, your job, your family, school, friends, your bills, your achievements, the kids, your dreams, your debts, your bank accounts, your spiritual life. Daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly, you move around that board as the boss of your life, the king and queen of your existence, going past gold to collect your $200. But then something happens. You run into an issue. You hit a pothole or a roadblock, and that's when you pull out your ace in the hole. You'll get out of jail free Jesus card. And you pull that card out because you only need Jesus when you're in trouble. Because as long as you can go around that board and don't experience anything bad, you're good. But then when something happens, you go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you now. So when did, did you not need him when life was well, too? You, you see, when you only need Jesus to fix your problem, you're missing one half of who Jesus is in your life. He's not just your Savior. He's also your Lord. He's not just your Redeemer. He's also your King. 
So you please know that you can't regulate Jesus to this one position in your life. You can't regulate him to this one square on the monopoly game of your life. Jesus wants all the squares. He's not just a banker. He owns the whole board because he wants total control of your life. And this leads to the second uh, final phrase in our mission statement. That is a disciple, uh, this TVC disciple glorifies Jesus. Glorifies him. This is done by you living a lifestyle for Jesus' glory and not your own. There's a Christian song that says, we fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. Our TVC disciple glorifies Jesus by laying before him your time, your talent, and your treasures at his feet. Who owns your stuff? Who owns your house, your cars, your degrees, your money? Who really owns that stuff? Is it yours? Or is it Jesus? Kids, who, who, who really owns your video games, all your toys? Are they your toys? Or are they Jesus' toys? A disciple who wants to glorify Christ realizes that everything that's in his or her life belongs to Jesus. All of it. All of it. Even the shoes on your feet is his. But do you believe that? In Galatians 2, verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A TVC disciple who glorifies Christ lives by faith in Jesus. And that is a daily surrendering to Jesus as your Lord and your King. You see, Jesus, the Redeemer and the Savior, oh my goodness, we love him. We can't get enough of that, Jesus. But when he starts talking about your stuff, the stuff that you got that Kung Fu grip around, your sexuality, your gender, your rights as American citizens, oh, you get all in a tizzy. If he can't be your king, he can't be your Redeemer. If he can't be your Lord, he cannot be your Savior. This is not Golden Corral where you get to pick and choose what you want Jesus to be in your life. He's both. And here's the thing. You will either accept that willingly or he will break you and you're going to accept it anyway. Either way, you're going to accept it. Look what happened to Jonah. He accepted it. Didn't he get on board eventually? He went to Nineveh. You're going to go to Nineveh. One way or the other. If you're really going to say, I love Jesus and he's my Savior, you're going to Nineveh. You're either going to go willingly or he's going to cast you out in the sea to break you. Lovingly, as a father would, but you're still going to go. And some of you, it's going to go in one out the other because some of you got to be broken before you get that. And I understand it because we're hard-headed. And God loves us too much to allow us to go our own way. Glorifying Jesus is a daily dependency upon his strength, a daily dependency upon his word, a daily, daily trusting 
in his promises. Paul had a thorn in the flesh in Corinthians, and he said he pleaded with God many times to remove it. What was God's answer to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You glorify Christ by allowing his power to be perfect in your weaknesses. So when you see your weaknesses as a parent, as a sibling, as a student, that's good because it forces you to Jesus. You ain't got to go to Barnes and Noble, go to the self-help book session. Just get on your knees and ask the Father for help. Or call a brother or sister to come walk with you. And if they call you, don't go with Bible verses. Just shut up and sit there. Because sometimes the best ministry is silence. Because your presence is enough. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. A TVC disciple who glorifies Christ works and serves and leads for his glory. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. A TVC disciple glorifies Jesus by loving God and loving their neighbor. That also means you like who Jesus likes, you love who Jesus loves. He loves everybody. Not just somebody. Not just anybody. He loves all people. So who do you functionally really love in your life? The greatest example of what it looks like to glorify Jesus comes from Jesus' own life. And if you know in the Garden of Gethsemane, with the cross in view, you find Jesus experiencing some great emotional distress. In Matthew 26, 32, he tells us that his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And in verse 39, Matthew says, and going a little further, Jesus falls on his face, prays, saying, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus glorified his father by submitting to his father's will, even in the midst of his suffering. And you glorify Jesus by submitting to his will in your life. A TVC disciple who seeks to glorify Jesus will pray these words, My Lord, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's glorifying Jesus. That's glorifying him. So what does it look like to be a disciple at TVC? First, it looks like the mission. Next week, we'll get into the vision. A disciple knows Jesus through faith. A disciple enjoys Jesus through a personal, intimate relationship. And a disciple glorifies Jesus with his and hers lifestyle. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you have made a way that we can know you, enjoy you, and glorify you. And so I pray that you will be with each of us as we leave this place today. I pray also for the upcoming baptisms for all the, the TBC youth. I pray for them and their 
their faith in you, that you will draw them closer to you, that they will be disciples who know, enjoy, and glorify you with their lifestyles. And I do pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. this was my idea, but it wasn't. It was Alex and Marianne, who was here uh, several years ago. Um, anyway, we have special fidget toys for any members that need something to do with their hands that doesn't involve poking your neighbor. Um, these, are, these are not like traditional baby toys. These are actually for ages about four and up. Um, there's a basket out in the main foyer. It is labeled fidgets. Um, we also have books. They are geared for children. Um, also, kids' sermon notes and pens. Anybody's welcome to use the pen or the sermon notes. Um, we, uh, if when you are done with the pens, there is a dirty cup. When you are done with the fidgets, there are there is a, a bin labeled dirty underneath the tithes and offerings. Uh, table in the back. So after you're done placing your offering, you can put your fidgets in this plastic bin underneath that table. And we want to do this. We, we wanted to provide this for our members because we want everyone to be able to enjoy the sermon, enjoy the service, keep your mind on Christ, um, and your hands nice and happy. All right. There we go. After the benediction, we'll have a short break because I need to go change and get ready for the baptism. So about five minutes after the benediction, we'll gather back in the sanctuary for those who are going to be here. And then we'll start the baptism ceremony. All right, here's God's benediction to his beloved. 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please greet one another. Thanks.